Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 119. This episode is brought to you by our Facebook group. So you can find us at Detour to Neverland podcast community. Leah and Stefan, who are our guests today, are actually part of that group. So join us today. We'll have a thread going later on talking about today's episode, different topics that come up, our findings, and just sharing things and getting to know and making connections with other listeners of the show and like-minded people within the community. We would love to have you over there. So I've introduced them a little bit, but our guests today are Leah and Stefan. You can find them on Instagram mainly. Um, Leah is at Leah Tackles, and then Stefan runs the Small World Shirts Co. account. And together they are a dynamic husband and wife duo. Of course, running that small shop also doing Disney deep dive live streams and all kinds of other stuff. So they have some great work going on and we're so excited to chat with them. So we're going to go ahead and play the episode. First things first, Leah and Stefan are going to introduce themselves and tell us one fact about them that we wouldn't know about them from social media. Thanks so much for joining us and hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. I'm Leah. And one fact this was hard. I had to think really quickly on the spot, but I think I have a good one. And I was voted quietest in eighth grade, which anybody who's known me high school, college and beyond, I actually like I go and I do speaking engagements and I'm on YouTube and I have no problem speaking to people now and I'm quite outgoing. So I think that's an interesting fact. So even if you're quiet now, it doesn't mean that you couldn't you know, go into something where you're doing a lot of speaking. And I'm Stefan. Uh, I'm left-handed. <laughs> yeah. I told you, he has an easy one. I say, that's always a good go-to. Yes. Is it? So when you put your magic band on in Walt Disney World, what wrist do you put it on? Uh, left. Left wrist. Okay. That's what I do too. I've always been curious about people who have it on the right wrist because it's so backwards whenever you're trying to scan it and then put your finger I, d- I don't understand how people yeah, do that. That's true. I didn't even think about it. It just feels comfortable on my left wrist. So. It's an advantage for you now as a lefty. You have so many disadvantages. That's advantage. yeah. All Sorry. those people who do it ri- like right wrist and right index finger, like what are they doing? Every They're the time- ones that mess up the system and have to get like the hand raised <laughs> yeah, for the, someone to come over and help. The blue yeah. circle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll start off, of course, with hearing your Disney story. So how did you fall in love with Disney and then how did it evolve over time? Okay. I always was drawn to Disney and loved Disney growing up. I remember always, I mean, of course the movies, but just, I mean, the merchandise in the stores and books and the, the cover art and everything. I always really loved it, but I didn't really come from a Disney family. My parents hadn't grown up going to the parks or anything like that. They would, you know, take us to the movies, but it wasn't a huge Disney family. I was kind of the one who really, really loved it. And my parents did take my brother and I, but I didn't go until I was 11. So I was a little bit older. um, And I remember my brother, he's quite a bit younger than me and being so happy that he was there because I could be like, oh, yeah, I've got to go get autographs and pictures with all these characters with, you know, my baby brother, um, even though I wanted them too, And I had my own autograph book and everything. But I always just loved it. And after that trip, that just made me love it more. 
I think in high school, I took that kind of normal, like dip where I didn't like it as much. Like I was into other things. I did go in high school and I loved it when I was there. Um, but I definitely had that kind of break. And then once we got together and had kids, we were super, super excited to take them for the first time. And so then ever since then, it's just been all in and more so now, more so now where I like all the details and the exciting, you know, I like to hear all the little tidbits and read all the books and see all the, we'll listen to the podcasts and <laughs> see all the videos. Yeah, I uh, was definitely not a Disney kid per se. Like I didn't, I didn't grow up in a Disney family either. Like we saw the movies, you know, I saw Aladdin theaters and I remember loving the Lion King, but it wasn't a thing where I was like, Oh, I love Disney movies. I mean, I grew up on like Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and comic books. So that was my kind of area. Like I think typical nineties, middle class boy stuff. Uh, I mean, we went to the parks when I was a kid and I loved the parks. That was one thing I, I was all about Walt Disney world and I wanted to be like an Imagineer when I was a little kid. I loved the rides and all of the animatronics. And I thought all that stuff was really cool. Um, but wasn't so much into Disney like as a brand, I guess. It really wasn't until we got together that like the first movie we watched together like as a couple was Wally. And then she bought me a Wally blanket, which we still haven't used. <laughs> so that's when it kind of started because we started watching a lot of Pixar movies together. We saw Up 3D together right if we moved in together mm-hmm. um and it kind of went from there it, really after i guess we had kids and it was like okay well now we have to buy movies for them i'm going with quality <laughs> so i'm gonna buy some <laughs> disney movies and then watching those over and over and over again with them kind of instilled it in us and uh that that's it really was an adult phase for me when i really got into it mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because I didn't grow up with comics, but I like so many of my friends who wrote off Disney for so long. Now that Marvel is such a huge part of it, they're like coming back and it's like, hey, what are the Marvel things that we can do in the park? He's like, <laughs> look who came back. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I also always think it's funny when people talk about like the movies that they had to watch over and over and over again. So even with your kids, like what were their favorite movies? <laughs> Well, the first one that we ever, we bought it on our iPad for our daughter and it was The Little Mermaid, which that was my movie growing up. That was the one, I mean, I had Little Mermaid sheets and dolls and Barbies and stuff. And so it was funny watching it because I hadn't watched it in, I mean, I don't know, a decade at least probably. And then all of a sudden we were watching it daily. So that was a big one for our daughter. And then so was frozen. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, she was very much (laughs) 20 Elsa's in her class or something that year. (laughs) And that's when when it came out, I didn't have any interest in seeing it really. I I mean, we got it for because she really wanted to see it. But after watching it like 15 times, I was like, I'm all in. I'm down. This (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is great. Um, the boys, I don't know what the boys like. Cars. Oh, cars. Yeah. Cars. Our son Connor loves cars and he likes planes too, which mm-hmm. I feel is underrated because we've seen that a lot. And I think it's not my favorite, but it's, it's a good one. It's worth a watch. And Logan likes lots of different ones. He's, yeah. He doesn't believe he kind favorite. of goes through phases. He's like that with stuffed animals too. He just, you know, they have their tried and true and Logan, our youngest, he has, but I like to say his favorite is Monster Inc. because we call him Sully because Sullivan's my maiden name. So I say that's it. But I don't know if that's what he would say. 
Oh, that's fun. Are there any, I've always been interested in this because with our niece, we're trying to like push her into yeah. brands oh, yeah. that especially will get on my brother's nerves, especially frozen. Like frozen, mostly frozen. Are there any that like they had interested and you just couldn't take it and you had to like squash it before it became <laughs> a real big fandom? I, well, frozen, I was definitely frozen out. And now she's eight now and she still likes frozen, but you know, she's come and liked other things and it's been less just let's watch frozen every day, all day. So now I'm excited for frozen too. Um, Cause I had enough of a break from it. I was pretty frozen out for a while, kind of bored with it. I wasn't a hater. I feel like some people really just are like, Oh, I hate frozen, but got enough of that. Um, Not really. I mean, we, we, if it's a Disney movie or a Pixar movie or anything, we'll watch it over and over and over again. Yeah. There's not really anything we've been burned out on where I'm like, not this again. <laughs> I get if it's not Disney stuff, which there are some movies, you know, kids movies that aren't Disney that we like just fine. But it, I'm always kind of like, oh, but it's not a Disney movie, you know, so. Actually, there is one. It was on Netflix for a while. Um, What was that? It was a bunch of shorts, animated shorts. Um, It's the one with the little matchstick girl. Oh, the pick they were Pixar shorts. It was a thing. It was on Pixar Netflix shorts. forever. Yeah, they wanted to watch it over and over again. It's not that it was bad because they were really, really good, but that little matchstick girl one is so sad yeah. that <laughs> every time they watched it, it's such a downer they at didn't, the end. They didn't understand. Yeah, they didn't the know what was happening, yeah. but like had watching be like, oh my gosh, not again. No. <laughs> your your kids might be too old for it, but our niece has a little bit of interest in Fancy Nancy right now, and like my brother and sister-in-law cannot do it. <laughs> and I tried to watch an episode. Fancy Nancy is super annoying. Yeah, it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think that she likes when we go to the store. She likes the dolls and stuff. She thinks those look pretty, but she's kind of she's not really so much into Disney Junior now because she liked Sophia the First was big when she was little, yeah. and she liked that, which I didn't mind. I thought that was fine, but she was never that was never like her go-to diehard show mm -hmm. well good deal so i meant i want to make sure we don't miss anything you guys have so many different projects and kind of all wrapped into one so can you tell us everything that you're working on and then kind of how did all of those come to fruition and, and what's the origin and, and kind of what was the launch of all those yep um well i'll start because it started with my youtube channel which is a disney youtube channel it didn't start out that way but it has been now for just over two years it's been a disney niche all disney content youtube channel and so my instagram is where i always guide people to though because that's kind of where it shows you can see all of my stuff on my instagram and you can see how i tie in disney to all the different stuff that i do in my personal brand but my YouTube channel is all Disney stuff. So I'll do unboxing videos, planning tip videos, different reviews. We now do our stream on there. Um, and that's a, it's our Disney deep dive. So that's looking at particular rides in the parks. We just had one episode so far, but um, we did Pirates of the Caribbean. And so we looked at all that stuff. And it was really fun to research and figure out like things that I had no idea about about the ride. So that's our newest thing on my YouTube channel. And then we also have our small Disney shop, which is Small World Shirts Co. And we do uh, their Disney themed shirts, but they're, it's more theme park culture oriented shirts. Um, I guess there is that Aristocats shirt on there that is just straight up Aristocats. But mm -hmm. uh, still, we're, the idea is to be more theme park culture oriented. 
Um, so that's my end. I mean, I help out on Disney Deep Dive. I, I co-host that. And uh, then kind of I do the shirt side also. Um, but that's those are the projects we have going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you decide to start all of these different ventures? So I had had a YouTube channel. I've had a YouTube channel for four and a half years, almost five years. And it started out, it was just a lifestyle kind of channel where I, you know, I had talked about all different things. So like beauty things, parenting things, just stuff like that. But then when we planned our first trip with our kids to Disney World, I found that instead of watching, you know, a makeup video or an unboxing or something, all I was consuming was Disney stuff. And it started out small, just, you know, planning things or dining things. And then it was a big rabbit hole of I want to watch anything Disney, Disney parks that I can get my hands on. And I'm sure if podcasts would have been a bigger thing because this was a couple of years ago. So they weren't quite so big, but that would have been too. Um, and so that's what all I was consuming. So at first, I just made a couple of videos about planning for our trip and about things like that. And then we were also taking some courses and trying to learn more about YouTube at the same time. And one of the big things, which is now so common, but is just trying to convince you to niche down, you know, niche down, niche down. And so I thought, you know, this is something that I really enjoy. And at the time, there were Disney channels, but it was more it'd be a mom who would have maybe a playlist about Disney, or she'd have a series about Disney. And it wasn't so much a whole community of Disney YouTubers. And I mean, like I said, I'm sure there were some, but it wasn't what it is now. Um, So I just said to Steph, I was like, well, why don't I just make all videos about Disney. And why don't I just, I made no announcement of it really or anything. I just changed my channel trailer and just started doing, so I did a few here and there and then all Disney. Hmm. That is so interesting. Do you have any tips for anybody who wants to go through a transformation like that where maybe they're, maybe it's not even niching down. Maybe it's just switching complete communities on kind of how do you get your footing and you know, you have, I guess you have to understand that you're going to lose part of your audience by doing that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And even if some of them don't necessarily maybe unsubscribe, you're going to see your views change, you know, your analytics when you go in there. And that can be, but I mean, if someone subscribes to you for one thing and then you switch, of course, you know, that's only natural that's going to happen. But I, I had done a few videos and talked a lot about, you know, how I love Disney and kind of slowly incorporated it. Um, but I was also at the same time watching a lot of Disney videos. And I think that really helped because as I'm commenting and getting to know people who made Disney content, they, you know, would subscribe to me or they'd come over to my channel and then I was doing the same. So I think that that helped. And then, yeah, I mean, I think it's fine to do an announcement, but you don't really necessarily have to either. I mean, I didn't, I just kind of made a different channel trailer and it was pretty obvious. It's like, here it is. (laughs) It's all Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing ears in your profile picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you, it's obvious, but <laughs> did you notice like any shift in your mindset that if you were gonna sit down and make a video that you just kind of naturally be gravitated towards making Disney over time and that's just the space that you wanted to be in? Yes. And it wasn't um I think, you know, people talk about not reading the comment section on YouTube or I mean really anywhere, but I think that the Disney community is really friendly. I mean I've certainly found it to be very friendly and it was what I was consuming, what I was interested in and what was energizing me, you know, like what I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down and film a few videos. 
I want to film these videos and I like watching these videos. So it's not that I stopped liking the other things. It's just like, I don't have to talk about them. And so make it less noisy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what about you, Stefan? Have you always been a designer? Um, I, oh, what, it was about nine years. I, I've been in the screen printing industry. Um, I worked for a larger company for the better part of that, doing graphic design work and printing work and kind of just learning the whole trade of it. Um, and then a few years ago, we started our own company, uh, which is the Mitten Print Shop. And that's just, that's wholesale t-shirts. So we do a lot of stuff for like the schools around here and other companies buying in bulk. And uh, we started doing that. And it was sort of just a natural evolution. Like one day, Leo said, hey, we should make Disney shirts. And my reaction was, it wasn't like, yeah, let's get on it and do it. It was more like, yeah, we could. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, let's look into that, I guess. And it, that was one thing that it, it, it didn't really... I wasn't as energized by that idea at first because I had been in the the t-shirt realm for long enough that I knew that sites and I mean, just go on Etsy and type in Disney shirts. There's a gajillion of them and it's a super competitive market. There's a lot of things there. So it was like, if I wanted to do that, it would have to be something that I wanted to do just because I liked it and enjoyed it. Uh, because otherwise it's just, if you get into it thinking that you're going to be rich, it's difficult because there's just so there's so much out there and there's so many talented people already doing it so it's like i gotta have at least a good idea before we start and jump into this so once we came upon the the idea of doing uh, theme park shirts in like the theme park realm that got me excited because like i said earlier i love the theme parks i love going there it's one of my favorite places to be like if we're going on vacation i want it to be there and it, it, that's what got me excited about it. So once we hit that, I, I just the ideas started flowing, and I said, "Okay, yeah, let's let's get this up and going." But I had already had the background experience to know, like, okay, well, yeah, we'll set up a shop and we'll, you know, put out these shirts, and I'll just kind of work it into our usual uh, wholesale feed. So the shirts are coming in. I'm printing our own personal stuff for our own shop as well. Yeah, I love. I think it's so funny your response because I feel like whenever Brendan comes to me with an idea, I feel like that's always my initial response. It's like, well, you know, we could if you want, if you if that's something you're interested in. So that just makes me laugh. Just yeah, that whole a, I don't cool. know interaction, <laughs> which I guess brings us to our next question. Since you are a husband and wife duo like we are. You definitely need to have some boundaries to have like a healthy home and work and life space. So what are some of those boundaries that you've set? Yeah, this is funny. And Brendan, I don't know if this was on purpose, but um, on my Instagram, and this isn't to plug that people can look if they want or they don't have to, but I talk about boundary setting a lot because it's something that I learned really quickly because we haven't always been entrepreneurs at home full time. Um, I was home for a long time with our kids, just kind of side hustling. And then Stefan was working, you know, for a while, a long time, just regular kind of corporate nine to five and then other jobs as well. Um, and once we were both working full time from home, I learned very quickly that there had to be boundaries because we are a husband and wife who work together. And so I didn't want for our time as husband and wife to always be 
talking about work-related things. And I mean, the same thing raising kids because I love working from home and I don't take it for granted for a second. Like I love that I get to be there. That's really important to me. And our kids are pretty young. We have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old. And our six-year-old has special needs. So he's got lots of appointments and things like that that we're also trying to manage. Um, So I knew that I wanted to work. I wanted to have something where I could work but be home. Um, so I don't take it for granted at all, but it's very challenging because if you're trying to work and then you're also making macaroni and cheese, but you're answering an email or you're, you know, you're doing, it it can feel like you're always kind of one foot in work, like half in work, half in parenting. And it left me feeling really burnt out. So we do have a lot of boundaries and I'm, we're both pretty adamant about sticking to them. Yeah, we we write a lot of to do lists uh-huh. and we kind of schedule things out in the morning. Like, yeah. okay, what do you have to get done today? And we 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 we. I mean, it changes throughout the day, but we tentatively set a schedule. Like, we're doing this. We have this appointment. We got to do this at this time. I have to get this done. I have to do this. And we just we really play it day by day. But we make sure to set those you know tasks in the morning to make sure that we get done the things we need to get done uh, while still working in everything else. Yeah. Especially if I have a conference call, he can help me out. But if he has, you know, if he's printing a bunch of shirts, then I can take on some of the other things or just certain things like that. And we both have a morning routine and I'm like, you're kind of getting to be, but I'm strict about it. Like I must have that. That sets my tone for the whole day. And once I have that, like I'm good to go, you can bring it on. But <laughs> so you're both morning people, right? Or, or you forced yourself to be morning people? Yeah, I've always liked, I mean, not maybe as a teenager, but I've always liked being awake in the morning, kind of in that quiet. So I like that. And our kids are unfortunately also morning people. So it's not so quiet. I'm like sleep a little longer, but yeah, we're all up at five. So. Yeah, yeah. We're early rising half. <laughs> I know that's what I was thinking. Sometimes... You know, I'll roll over at seven o'clock central and Leah's already got the dots on Instagram of everything <laughs> that you've completed that day. And it's like, holy cow, I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. <laughs> we are definitely not morning people. <laughs> well, I do want to circle back on that and hit it because I know it's something that a lot of people talk about, especially in entrepreneurship. But it is something I think that is really important is establishing that morning routine. So how is that you know, helped improve your productivity and your mental, you know, space as well? For me, it's my morning routine is really simple. And I won't go into tell spare you all the details, but I don't hit snooze. So that's something that Mel Robbins talks about a lot. And I've been doing it now for close to a year. And it's not hard anymore. I count back from five and then I get out of bed. And I usually splash my face with cold water. Um, But it's the whole idea that if you hit the snooze button, you fall back into a sleep cycle and then you're groggy. And I really have found it to be true that I'm less tired. Um, So sometimes on the weekends, though, I will go back to sleep, but I won't not just for nine minutes, you know, like I'll make sure that I can actually have a full sleep cycle. And that's been really helpful to me. Um, And then I pretty much lock myself in the bathroom because the kids can't get in there and they're usually not up at five. Maybe we might have, yeah, we might have five. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, and then I 
usually listen to relaxing music or in the summer, if there's birds chirping, that can work too, but just something quiet. And then I journal and it's very simple. I'm not like a, it's funny because I am a writer, but in terms of journaling, it never worked for me to write pages and pages and pages. So it's more bullet style journaling with kind of a to-do list for the day, plus how I'm feeling. And that just really helps me gauge my mindset and like where I want to be, what I want to focus on for the day. Usually I try to pick a focus for work and a personal focus that like my top priority and then everything else is kind of second to that. So, and that just really helps me make sure that I can be a more pleasant person. (laughs) Our listeners are probably tired of me mentioning it, but there is a EO fire, John Lee Dumas, who's my go-to guy for anything. And they just did an episode recently talking about like the chemicals in your brain on how if you are proactive in the morning and you get that first win on how it carries you through the entire day. So my thing that I've been trying to do as soon as I wake up and I haven't been great at it so far. I know, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing what this is. <laughs> I try to audibly say yes and just say yes to everything. Yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'm going to complete this. Yes, this really sucks that I'm awake at this hour. <laughs> but just doing something like that. And I will link that episode in our show notes if anybody wants to check that out. But I think just little things like that can make such a huge difference because the first thing you do if you wake up and you read an email where someone is asking you for feedback or you're trying to put out a fire, I feel like your whole day is shot at that point unless you do something to turn it around pretty quickly. Yes, that's one of the rules too is no phone. I won't look at news, social media, anything, even if it's only 20 minutes, just not right away. Mm -hmm. What's your morning routine, Catherine? Get to work on time? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big snoozer. So I do really like that idea. We'll have to see if I can try it. We'll have to like tie my phone to like across the room or something because I love the snooze button. (laughs) But that makes a lot of sense, you know, with the sleep cycles. And I am very tired when I wake up. So it's worth a shot for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I put away the dishes. <laughs> I the dishwasher, I make the bed. And I just started journaling. Leah got me into that because I I was like, I don't know what I want I'm gonna do with this, but I just started sitting down and doing the the journaling process. And it's funny how it does help, like when you have to think about, you know, okay, how do I feel right now? Why do I feel this way? And if anything, it just helps you make better decisions later on if it's like okay, my back hurts really bad because I slept really funny. Make sure you don't fall asleep like that tonight. You know, little <laughs> things like that help just improve everything bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I want to make sure we hit before we head into our fast, fast round is talking about that I think you guys have created a nice kind of balance between entertainment, but also talking about strategy and inspiration and motivation and, and you know, everything kind of packaged into one where it's not overwhelming on either side of it. So kind of how do you find that balance between entertainment and information? On my Instagram, it was really important to me to not be noisy um, because I was thinking about accounts that I liked and I felt like I, I was an account that was very noisy for a long time. I would kind of have a little of this and a little of that. And even in my Instagram story, I would just be sharing everything almost blogger style And so I wrote down, this was the beginning of this year, five characters, I call them. So, and that's pretty common in like personal branding, but 
the idea that, okay, well, I'm going to talk about shirts because that makes sense for our business as well as our Disney small shop. I'm going to, of course, talk about Disney. And for me, I talk a lot about boundaries because as entrepreneurs, that's become really important to me. And so, and of course our children, you know, so I have the different topics that I talk about and, um, I share my running and, you know, if I'm reading a book or things like that, because that's part of my self-care, um, as an entrepreneur, but I don't really get away from my main things. So I have it all connect on Instagram and I don't like sway from that. So I won't necessarily share every little thing. And it doesn't mean that I don't like those things. I just don't want to get noisy. I think that makes sense because you do definitely see, you know, other accounts where they're bouncing between a lot of different topics and it is very hard to follow. So I guess I've never thought about that, just like picking I mean, obviously that kind of goes with niching down, but you're picking the things that you really enjoy and then that's what people can expect from you. Yes. Like you're not turning on HGTV and going to see like a football game. Like it's, you know, you're (laughs) picking. And I mean, I think within the Disney community, obviously you guys, like you said, with the niching down, but just having those main things that people know they're always going to get from you. Mm -hmm. If we did that, would, would corgis be one of those, Catherine? Would they have to be? They might have to be, yeah. Your <laughs> daily corgi fix. There are, yeah. You, you can put some connect ears them, on them to. Then the... You can probably. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to try to put ears on our dogs, then uh, good luck. It's very tempting when you see them because they sell them at Disney, like ears for your dogs. It's very tempting. <laughs> well, considering last time we bought our puppy a new collar, a Disney collar, she wore it for one day, and our older dog chewed it, it off, off of her. her. <laughs> I think he was jealous that he didn't get a new collar. So we had a growing up, and that he was—I don't know how yours are, but he was a little terror. (laughs) He was the yippiest little dog, just running around. He had a bigger dog too, and he'd chase him around. (laughs) uh, He was fun. Completely, completely off topic here. It kind of the conversation led us this way. Our big, our Louis, our older one, used to bark all the time. The trick. We taught him how to speak so then we could tell him when to not speak. So anytime he's barking and we tell him quiet, he stops immediately. It was the best thing we ever did. It was very reverse psychology. We avoided doing it for months because we were like, we can't teach him to speak. He already barks enough. Like It's going to drive us crazy. It was was a good solution for all pet parents. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have a dog. Yeah, we don't have a dog yet, but our son, Connor, he loves animals. We just have fish right now. He has fish, (laughs) but um, he also has some butterflies. We bought one of those butterfly kit things. Yeah, they all hatched today, so that was exciting. But um, his his dream, someday, someday he will have a dog. That's his his dream. Oh, man, that's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, good deal. I have enjoyed so much learning more about your businesses and everything that you guys are working on currently, and I'm sure we'll talk about it some more in the second segment as well. But let's take a short break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back. For the past couple of years, Brendan and I have had the opportunity to visit Walt Disney World much more frequently. This is thanks to the Disney Vacation Club. If you are interested in testing out DVC to see if it's a fit for you and your family, Renting Points is a great option. Check out David's Vacation Club Rentals by visiting detourtoneverland.com forward slash DVC or just hit the link in the bio. 
Good deal. So we are back and we are ready for the Fast Pass round. So we're just going to throw out these Disney topics. And if you guys can just share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Cool. All right, let's do it. So the first one's an easy one. It's just name the Disney parks that you visited. Walt Disney World. Yeah, we've bo- <laughs> yeah, we've both just been to Walt Disney World. So we've been to the four parks at Walt Disney World. Yeah. So of those four, which one is your favorite and why? For me, it is Magic Kingdom. And it is the nostalgia, which I think a lot of people talk about. But for me, I've always... I kind of thought as a kid, it was something that maybe I'd grow out of, but I've always loved like those magical just feelings that you get. I mean, at Christmas time and with Disney and just anything like that. Well, I never grew out of it. Like I I love that stuff. And I just am a very like glass two thirds of the way full kind of person. And so then having kids is just re it's just been so fun. So you, you can't beat that to me. Like that's just so special. And I love that that gives everybody the chance, even people who, maybe kind of lost that a chance to have it again. So I just, you can't beat magic kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like animal kingdom. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, because there's not one <laughs> particular thing where I'm like, I love this about it, or I love this ride or I love this restaurant. I think it's just like, I loved like Indiana Jones when I was a kid and being there is like, you're living in Indiana Jones adventure. <laughs> like you're, walking through the jungle and there's animals everywhere and the buildings look really cool. And I just, I like being there. I just like existing in that space. So you've got to go to Disneyland now so you can ride the Indiana Jones ride. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've watched <laughs> the ride throughs on it. <laughs> really want to go. Yeah. We watch a lot of those <laughs> yeah. point of view Disney yeah. ride. I video. would love to do that. Brendan, he does it, but I won't watch him, so he has to do it by himself. So he's allowed to watch him on the big TV. I just watch him on my phone. It would be fun to watch him on the TV, though. (laughs) So what would be your Disney bucket list trip? Ooh, um, I would do a double whammy combo of go to Walt Disney World for a week and then straight to a Disney cruise for a week. So you get that, like hit the parks hard and just exhaust yourself and have a ton of fun and then just go relax on a cruise ship and eat a ton of food and never leave the boat. It would be amazing. (laughs) Yes. Yes to that. (laughs) Yeah. I am kind of going to steal his because, but change one thing, because I was going to say, you know, oh, I want to go to Tokyo and I would love to do that. But we have three little kids and realistic, like I can do that. Like we can do that in like 10 years. That would be wonderful or maybe sooner. But right now with them, I agree. I would love to do a week at Walt Disney World, but I want to go for marathon weekend, which I know you guys are doing. And I'm very jealous. I can't wait to see how it goes for you. But I would like to do a run or maybe even do the dopey challenge and then be in the parks, or maybe the parks and then that, because then I'd be tired. And then the cruise. So that would be my ultimate, might have to be like three weeks, like a very <laughs> long trip. You know, we booked, we're doing Princess Weekend, we booked it, and like, I was excited for it. Now I'm nervous more than anything. 
<laughs> I don't know why. I guess because our training has not really gotten in rhythm yet. So we've barely gotten started. <laughs> but we exhaust ourselves just going to the parks because like we don't like to stop. I think this trip was really the first time where we've been diligent about, okay, we need a nap. Like we have to go. It's a million degrees outside. We have to go somewhere with air conditioning. But we get ex- exhausted just walking around all day <laughs> in yeah. the heat. So it'll be interesting to run too with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many people who have never run. And you, you've run. You've both talked about that, right? You've run half marathons and you've run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people who have never run a race doing these Disney ones and they just say it's wonderful. And I mean, I think as long as you can walk like a 17 minute mile, you can, <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. The key is though, I want to run fast enough where I can still stop for characters and right. not worry about the balloon ladies picking me up. Because <laughs> I feel like if you walk, you got to choose one or the other. If you walk, yeah. you're not meeting characters. That yeah. is true. And really prioritize all the signs you want, like a picture of the mile markers and stuff. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. If Mushu is out there. Oh, we're <laughs> stop. I will wait in whatever line we have to wait in to meet him. <laughs> Any line. So next one would be your favorite Disney resort. It doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Okay, well, we did stay here, and I know that you guys share this, but it's the Polynesian. We stayed there on a big trip with our kids and his parents and brother, and his brother's girlfriend was there for a little bit of it, too, and we had the best time. I mean, we were definitely spoiled by that, and probably, like, our next trip will be at a value resort, which I don't care. That's fine, but it was amazing, and not just because of the rooms and the, you know, the food and stuff, but just the vibe and how relaxed it was. And it felt nice to come from the busy, busy parks and then be able to relax there. It was just, it was beautiful. It felt like you were somewhere tropical and on a relaxing vacation as opposed to a going hard at the parks all day vacation. Yeah. That's what I liked about it too. It was like a, it was almost like a vacation within a vacation because you you're at the parks all day and then you come back to just, I mean, it's just this relaxing tropical setting and it's, it's so nice. I, that's my answer also, but yeah, with that, I would take the Polynesian every single time. Yeah. I could just hang out there for days (laughs) and be happy with that. We've done that. Yeah, (laughs) we do. Like almost every time we go, we have to stop at the Polynesian. This last trip, I, I felt like it was like day four, like one of our last days, and I just felt like something was missing from the trip and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then we had to go to the Polynesian so that we could take the monorail over to Magic Kingdom. And as soon as we walked in, I said, this is what we were missing. We go here every trip and we hadn't been here yet. Yeah. Yikes. So this next one kind of involves some strategy. But if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Um... My well, my answer is sort of a cheat because I haven't been on this ride yet, and I don't even know if you can fast pass it. But it would be Smuggler's Run. <laughs> Just, I mean, I, I know it's more like a video game almost, but being able to pilot the Millennium Falcon is fulfilling so many childhood dreams that I don't. I think I could just stay on it forever and never leave. <laughs> I, the parks, it's not that I don't like the rides. I love the rides, but that isn't what it's all about to me. So I feel like whatever the ride of the time is, so whether that's Pandora or something at 
Toy Story Land or now Galaxy's Edge, whatever would be the big one for him or one of our kids, because to me, that's not what makes it. So just whatever would keep everybody else happy and then <laughs> that I could rotate as needed. So smoke those around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your answer is just whatever has the longest queue, so you don't have to spend time in a queue. Right. Yeah. It's probably the best answer we've had. Yeah, that's a good answer. You can't argue with that for sure. <laughs> Next one, sticking with rides and attractions, which ride do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks? Mm. Um, I Toy Story Mania. And I think that it's been refurbished like kind of recently, but because of Toy Story 4, which I loved so, so much, I think that they could maybe add some new games or like new ways to do it. something. Like I mean, a giant ducky and bunny. Or may, just, I think that it's one that they need to keep updating to keep it now that they have toy story land because i think it's such a fantastic ride and so fun so just i don't want it to ever become like covered with dust bunnies you know just keep keep making it good yeah i would probably say uh space ranger spin which is basically <laughs> yeah, the, the same, same ride um <laughs> i just i remember going on that and i enjoyed it i thought it was a lot of fun but i feel like they they could just probably like like because I mean, I, I liked it. I wouldn't really change anything. I don't really have any ideas for it, but I'm sure if they like really went to go spice it up, they could make it really cool. Yeah. What was before that? I think there was something there before that that they, Oh. it was um, when they switched it. I mean, this would have been years and years ago, but that they kind of, to save money, they even didn't change certain parts and yeah. they just kind of painted over and stuff. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was called. I don't it was, but. The, the, the sign was like a cloud. I, I know that. That's the only thing I remember. It was like a ride through thing. It was like a world of tomorrow. You can tell we watch a lot of, yeah, yeah Disney ride, <laughs> like ride video. That's going to have to be your next deep dive. You're going to have to explore yeah. that in the history oh, okay, of Space right. Ranger Spin. Of just that space. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure you were listening to us last time we wrote Toy Story Mania because we said the exact same thing that Ducky and Bunny would fit in so well here. Oh, yes. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the whole carnival theme, it screams like Toy Story 4. Yeah. And I never realized it. I don't know if you guys have. The prospector is in the very last scene. And it's like, who cares about the prospector anymore? <laughs> Toy Story 4? No. From, two, from in... Toy Story 2 on Toy Story Mania, in the very oh. last like game oh. that you play, he like yeah. pops up at the very end. Oh. oh. It's just... I guess because it's a mine. I yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I was just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, and this is an, still kind of a new question. Yeah, I might be springing it on you. I don't know if I gave this one to you. <laughs> so surprise. Um, which land or area within the parks brings you the most inspiration? Fantasyland, which that's like my gut quick answer. And I think just the same thing because I'm just all about like the magical nostalgic. I like being happy and I like all the magical things with the kids. Like I don't want like our oldest is eight and she's still very much into all of that and very innocent, but I just, I love that. And I love that Disney can give anybody that. And I think even people who aren't 
super Disney people or Disney families, they can get a little bit of that, even if they don't take quite as much away as someone who maybe is a diehard Disney person. So I think that's pretty special. Yeah. I think just being in the Magic Kingdom in general, I mean, you're surrounded by castles and I mean, just a century of like history of just different cartoons and characters and rides. And I don't think you can go there and not be inspired in some way. It's just, I mean, if there's one place like in the entire world that has any actual real magic, it's definitely right there (laughs) (laughs) to exist there. Uh, So I don't, I don't, I don't think you can go anywhere else and like be as inspired as you are right there. I mean, walking up the street and seeing the castle uh, and I mean, we got to do it one morning at rope drop. So there was no one else around Mm -hmm. and that was incredible. Just it's, it's a castle. It's a Mm -hmm. castle right there. Uh, It's just, yeah, that's just one place where you go and it's just so just inspiring on every level. When I, on our last trip, and this goes with what you were saying, Leah, there, I was waiting for Fantasyland to clear out so I could take pictures with nobody in them. And so I was standing at the carousel taking pictures and this same, I would assume it was like a granddaughter and a grandfather kept riding the carousel over and over and over again before the park closed. And the, you like progressively the grandfather was like smiling bigger and like, then he's throwing his hands in the air and then he's like <laughs> laughing hysterically it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen before because the first time he got on it, he was just like, all right, this is a carousel. But then he, he really got into it. That's sweet. So the next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. My favorites are the ones that everybody says, but I mean, they're popular for a reason. I love Dole Whip. And that also reminds me of the Polynesian getting Dole Whip. Um, I actually, shameless plug, made a Dole Whip recipe on my YouTube channel and it is good, but it's not as, it's not the same as being, (laughs) so it is very good if you're missing Dole Whip, but it's not the same as getting it in the parks or getting it the Polynesian. And then when I like chocolate, I like Mickey's premium ice cream bar. I just, you can't, it's just two super simple, two amazing flavors and it's shaped like Mickey mouse. So I love that. Yeah. I'm not a sweets guy. I'm like way more savory type of person. So I'd have to go with like the pretzels, just the big soft. I mean, soft pretzels in general are really, really good, but uh, you get one shaped like Mickey and it's like so much better. (laughs) So have you tried like all the other flavors of, I don't want to say like copycat Dole Whip, but they have like the lime and the lemon and orange. And have you tried all those flavors? No, I think the only thing I've had the citrus swirl. So the, the orange, but not any of the other ones. Have you guys tried them? We tried lime this past trip. Mm -hmm. It was good, but it's not as good as pineapple. Yeah, I feel like we say that every time. Whenever we try a different flavor, we're always like, "Mm, we wish we got a Dole Whip. (laughs) It's not Mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. Oh, so sticking with food, what is your favorite table service and your favorite quick service restaurant? Ooh, table service. We both like Boma, don't we? That's my, well, I have a, if that's yours, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's my table service. (laughs) Boma. I, yeah. That's, uh, it was just, uh, it was the best food. I think we had the entire trip. Well, that I had the entire trip. 
and it was a buffet so I could get as much as I wanted, which was awesome. <laughs> and I just like the, the ambiance and the, the whole, the whole atmosphere of being in that space that I really liked that. Yeah. I liked that. And I really appreciated too, because they will give you for any parents listening, they gave us pasta with red sauce for our kids. So, I mean, they will accommodate, you know, you don't have to, if they don't want to venture out and to try the African stuff, they do have other options, but I love Boma. That's my favorite, more adults or, you know, restaurant, but in terms of characters, we ate at Cinderella Royal table and that was just so not the food. I mean, the food was fine. The food was good. But just for the experience, in my opinion, it was totally worth two credits. And it was just I mean, we got to eat in the castle with our kids and it was awesome. So I loved that. I we ate and be our guests, too. But in terms of table service, Cinderella's Royal Table wins for me. What about quick service? Well, then I can get be our guests. So that's my yeah. answer. Have. <laughs> then I can have both because I like to go where it's you know magic and awesome for our kids now and I figure we can get fancy dining you know when they're older and we can have buffets with characters now mine's uh Captain Cook's in the Polynesian I got those fish tacos like multiple times a day every single day like, they're so good. They are good I wish I had gotten more of them just <laughs> <laughs> because I miss them so much right now. <laughs> I've never tried those. I was going to say, I'm really surprised you never have. I always get that oh, pork, the pork fried rice there. And that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think I did try it. That was good too, but all oh, those fish tacos. I'm a, We're I'm, putting it on the list yeah, for October. I'm a fish taco connoisseur. <laughs> oh, it's so, yeah, so am I. Any food or anything, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Fish tacos. <laughs> so next... We're just going to do your kind of favorite Disney things. What is your favorite Disney movie? Uh, Emperor's New Groove. We actually watched that That, for the first, not the first time, but the first time in a long time last weekend. Did you see David Spade's little Instagram post recently? No. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Nobody wants me to spoil it. Skip ahead 15 seconds. Recover your ears. But... He posted on Instagram some sort, I don't know if it was fan-made or if it was real, but it was a live-action llama talking. So, Ooh, Oh, I would go crazy for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't watch, I didn't watch it until I was an adult. I mean, well, an adult, I think I was like in high school or something. I don't even know when it came out. But I was grown up enough to where when someone suggested I should watch it, I was like, okay. And I laugh so hard. And every time I watch that movie, I laugh so hard and it never gets old. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. I still say we need an Yzma um, roller coaster. Ride. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that would, would be perfect. Be, that would be awesome. I can't I believe they haven't that. done that. Yeah. We yeah. need more people behind this. We need, <laughs> we need people to watch this I'll movie. start a, con- start a movement. Yeah. <laughs> For me... And I'm one of those people who every time I watch a movie, I'm like, ooh, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite movie right now. But Toy Story, because, and it's, I know that's kind of, you know, Toy Story 4 just came out. So, but the first Toy Story, because I remember seeing that in theaters and I would have been about the age of our oldest, mm-hmm. our middle son, at, around that age. So it's just kind of full circle that it's now come out with the fourth one. And I feel like, Andy like I grew up with him and so 
Yeah, I don't know. I love that movie. I still remember seeing it in theaters and remember all the toys. And we had quite a we had a Buzz Lightyear in my house and a Slinky Dog and stuff between my brother and I. So I love Toy Story. That's a good one. Yeah, you can never go wrong with Toy Story. No. So the next one is your favorite Disney quote. Okay, I ha- do you have yours. I wrote mine down. Do you have yours? Yeah, yeah, I got mine. Um, it's not the full quote, but. It's like the through line in Meet the Robinsons, the the um, keep moving forward. Um, what I don't know what the full quote is at the end of the movie that they show the whole thing. And it's a Walt Disney quote. Um, but that's one that that's been that's like my personal mantra. And it was before I just recently saw that movie and I was like, hey, I do that. So it's my favorite. But it's just one thing that I always do. Like, you know, if you had a bad day, it's like, well, just keep moving forward. Just you can't do anything else. Keep moving forward. And I've, I've even used it in things like. If I like I've gotten like callbacks from previous jobs I've had and they're like, hey, come back. Here's more money. And it, it there have been a couple times where it's seen it's things maybe weren't going the way I wanted them to be. And it's been tempting. But I'm like, if I go back, I may as well have never left. I'll just keep moving forward. And, you know, eventually I'll get to where I want to be. So when I saw that, I, I immediately latched onto it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Mine is also a Walt Disney quote, but it's the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing, which I love because that's, I'm just all about, I feel like the most progress I've made as an entrepreneur and also with my Disney YouTube and our shirts and everything is just start, you know, going for it. You know, the worst thing that is going to happen is that somebody might say no, or, you know, you might fail, but you're going to probably learn if you fail, like what's the worst that can happen. And I always was a play it safe kind of person. And still like, that's kind of my natural tendency. Like I want to, I want to make sure things are right or that I'm ready, but I just make so much more progress and learn so much more. And when I'm just going for it, so just start doing stuff, just go for it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. One of my personal favorites. I wrote that in our journal last time we went through an entrepreneurship course. So Mm -hmm. I will always remember that one. Last one of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney Parks memory. Hmm. Um, probably, and this, no, well, this one will make me teary, but <laughs> we, uh, we, it was the end of the day. It was when we took our kids and we were in Animal Kingdom and we were in Dino Land USA. And we were across, we were in the the little gift shop that's across from all the rides and everything. I forget what it's called, but it has like a train going through in the the ceiling. And we were in there with the kids. End of the day, everyone's kind of tired. And our middle son Connor, uh, we said earlier, he has some special needs, and he was he wanted to get this giant Pluto dog, the stuffed animal. And we're like, no, buddy, you can't get the giant one. Like you, then he was. I mean, keep in mind, he was like two was, feet tall at the time. Yeah, I mean, he was three. He was yeah. teeny tiny. So immediately, I'm like, no, no, no. So we got, we got this little tiny one and he grabs onto it and he's running around still. So, and, and our daughter was still looking around. So I said, okay, I'll take him outside and we'll just kind of hang out out there until you guys get done inside. And just as we walk out, uh, I can't remember who else was there, but some characters were coming down the street and Pluto was one of them. And Connor started freaking out. And he's pointing at his stuffed animal and he's so excited jumping up and down and Pluto came over and was pointing at it. And I, I got like sort of, I got a little bit on video, but I wasn't ready. So <laughs> I get the whole thing. I got like the end of it. 
but he was so excited. And that was like one of the first real times where it was like, he kind of showed like that cognitive understanding of like, I have this and he's right there and I'm really excited. Yeah. And like, we weren't really, you know, cause that was one of those things we weren't sure he was going to get to that point or not. And he hadn't really shown that before. So when that happened, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so upset. I didn't get the whole thing on video, but uh, that's definitely my favorite memory. Wow. That is awesome. I know. That is so sweet. It's going to be hard Does to top. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to top that one? Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You said that so well too. Um, for me, we, so I'll, I'll lay, I'll start the story. So we woke up early, early risers, and we were staying at the Polynesian and we took the boat over to Magic Kingdom and we were the only ones on the boat. So that in itself was so magical and we got to be on the boat and it was just us and our kids. Your parents, I think, were still sleeping or something, but <laughs> we had a early morning appointment at the Bippity Boppity Boutique for our daughter and actually for one of our sons too, but um, so our daughter did the the full shebang. It was her big thing that trip was we let her do the whole nine yards. And so she had the hair and the makeup and she got to get a dress and she was made over to be Aurora, which is Sleeping Beauty or Briar Rose and uh, Stefan, you know, King Stefan and it's Queen Leah. So we, I, we really like Aurora. And uh, so she was made into Aurora and then we ate at Cinderella's Royal Table. So when and we went in, you know, all the princesses were coming around. Of course, they're all lovely and wonderful. But then when Aurora came, it was, I mean, our daughter just like lit up and they spun her around. And Aurora was like, oh, we're like long lost sisters. And, you know, it was this huge thing. And so that was just, it was really cool. And I always tell people that even if you don't do a big thing. If your kid has a favorite character, I mean, it can be a t-shirt you buy at Target. It doesn't matter or a stuffed animal they have, but if they have that, it just gives the character so much to talk about. And so it really makes the interaction special. And I think that that's, I mean, it doesn't matter what they have, but if they have something with their favorite character and you know, they're going to meet them, that's definitely something that I think everybody should try to do. That is a great tip. Yeah, that is a really good tip, honestly gonna get our niece all the different stuffed animals <laughs> she can have the best character yeah. interactions yeah no, yeah but that's i mean that is a common theme between both of your stories so that's a good tip yeah <laughs> yeah so that it was a wonderful fast pass round thank you so much for sharing all of your answers to those they're so much fun so our last question is something that we asked all of our guests and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, either as a content creator or when they want to create their own products and make shirts, whatever it might be, what would be your advice to that person? For me, I think that it can be very intimidating and I'm sure you guys know this as well, but you know, you make your, whatever it is, if you're going to be a small shop or if you're going to make, you know, make ears or shirts or have a YouTube or a podcast, it can be very daunting and overwhelming looking at social media and I, that's my like, well, it's not nine to five, but that's my free, that's what I do. I'm a freelance social media manager. So that's what I do as an entrepreneur at home full time. And that's how I make my money. Um, that's my livelihood. But I always say to try to be 
a master of one or two, not a jack of all trades, but a master of one. Um, Cause I don't like, if you look at my stuff, I have the handles for everything. There's Leah tackles, but I really am focused on, of course, YouTube, but then on Instagram. And that's, that's where I like to be. That's where I find that for me, it's most beneficial, but I also enjoy it. Um, and not to say that, you know, you can't be in a few different spots, but I think it can be just so daunting to think, especially if you're, you know, you also have a regular nine to five job, or maybe you're a student or a parent thinking that you need to be in all these places, you're going to burn out. Even if you start out doing it right away, you know, you're tweeting and you're pinning and you're doing, and you're just going to burn out and then it won't be fun. And people can usually tell when someone's actually enjoying, you know, energized about what they're doing versus when it's like, oh, I have to do this. So I think just figure out what works for you and what you where what you're good at, what you like, and then kind of stick with that. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say, and this kind of comes from definite personal experience, but don't, especially when you're first starting out, don't overvalue your time. You know, you always hear, you know, oh, time is money and you have to, it seems like the, the, the method nowadays is to try and make every bit of time that you have as useful as possible and, oh, don't waste any of it. But you miss out on so many opportunities and just learning so many things to just if you just dive into something. And if you're thinking, oh, this isn't going to make me any money or this isn't going to really advance whatever it is I'm doing that much further, you might not do it. But if you just if you dive into those things, you're going to come out ahead. If you, if you spend the time learning, even if you're failing, you're learning and you're still going to come out ahead more knowledgeable and better off in the end. So definitely don't overvalue your time. You know, when you're first starting out, your time's not that valuable. You're not that good <laughs> yet. So just, you know, make those mistakes, you know, really invest yourself into it and, you know, g- give it the time. Even if you think you're wasting time, just put the time in. Yeah. I love both of those. Yeah. Uh, those are, that is wonderful advice. And I think anybody can apply those to either the Disney project or just anything in general, uh, just kind of exploring new things and putting yourself out there and, figuring out what works for you. I think we are still trying to figure out what works for us. And we've went through that spell where we we tried to tweet every day. We tried (laughs) to do Facebook. We tried to do Instagram. At the end of the day, the the way that we've been trying to do it is just spending time where we're comfortable and where we make the most connections and things like that. So I think anybody can, can benefit from having that mindset. And we love your Facebook group, yeah. by the way. We're yeah, going to plug you guys. That. Yeah, we really. <laughs> it, it's a really nice community. So we love talking to everyone on there and the things people are sharing. So don't stop doing that part. Yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And I promise to our listeners that was not on the question prep sheet. <laughs> we... <laughs> but yes, we have had so much fun over there. And like I said, that's something that we don't have a huge following on. But the connections that we make over there are so deep and we have conversations and spinoff things. And seeing our listeners connect with other people has been absolutely the most rewarding thing. Yeah, because I think we can all learn from each other. And that's the whole purpose of having the Facebook community. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Special shout out to Shelly. Shelly always posts the most meaningful content like exactly when I need it. (laughs) I'm about to make Shelly an admin of that group. (laughs) well awesome well one last thing if you can remind all of our listeners where they can connect with you guys online 
The easiest spot to find me is on Instagram, which is at Leah Tackles. And then on YouTube, I'm Leah Tackles Disney. And I'm on Instagram. Um, or actually, our print shop is at the Mitten Print Shop on Instagram. And also uh, at Small World Shirts Co. on Instagram. Uh, oh, and check us out Wednesdays at uh, at 9 when we do our live stream. You can come yeah. come chat there and stuff. We usually talk for like an hour. So. <laughs> yeah. Next- well, good deal. We will put the links to all of those in our show notes. We highly suggest connecting with Stefan and Leah on all of those really beneficial and wonderful content being pushed out. So Stefan and Leah, thank you so much for joining us. We have had such a blast chatting with you guys. Thank yeah, you. It was really you fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So excited to meet you guys for real. Yes. <laughs> Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Malcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.